And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! <laughs> this, this is my copy? Okay. Uh, I guess, guess we're gonna milk it. <clears throat> Hello, my jiggly wiggly mounds of sentient flesh. Tonight is a special Ouija board request from the great Russ Meyer. So you know it's going to be a double feature. We are going to spin the clock simultaneously, clockwise and counterclockwise, back to 1988, where we shall scale the peaks of entertainment and... Perhaps plant a seed of satisfaction. That's right. Tonight, we open the treasure chest to keep you abreast of the best. Tonight will be a night of trembling, heaving, gravity-defying horror. A movie that has not one, but two points for the audience to explore and admire. Alright, I'm off to have a little nip or two while you enjoy the movie. Why don't you just say it? Boobs! Titties! Dirty pillows! Hello everyone and welcome to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. I am one of your hosts this evening, Mr. Luke Jackanay. I'd like to thank everyone for downloading and listening to the show today. And uh, I can't do this alone. That would be really, really uninteresting. So I've got the usual crew of freaks with me. Left to right across your podcast dial up first, my brother, Mr. Jason Jackanetti. Nice tits. <laughs> Pretty much says it, doesn't it? That says the whole thing, and uh, also joining me, Two True Freaks OG, Chris Honeywell. You two must be Annie M and Uncle Remus. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. <laughs> the, the line that I had prepared was, I know what you pinko heavy metal weirdos do to hotel rooms. I just have a, I, I, I had two backups, and they were, it's milking time. And uh, what's, what's that perfume you're wearing? Catch of the day? One of my favorites of all time. Yeah. Yeah, oh, no, well, there's another good perfume joke. Oh, that that perfume. What is it? Super unleaded. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can't tell, no, but it was what do you call it? The other one. Sorry, the other one I had was a little longer. It's like, and if they if they ever ask about me, tell them I was more than a great set of boobs. I was also an incredible pair of legs. And tell them, tell them I never turned down a friend. 
I never turned down a stranger in that matter. And tell them, <laughs> tell them that when it was all said and done, I only asked that people remember me by two single simple words. Any two, as long as they're simple. <laughs> that, it, sorry, look, got to be to cut you off, but it just was like she's going on. And you're like, okay, all right, there's got to be something. No, that's what it is. <laughs> no, no, it's like a little. It's like a. It's like a modern combination of like May West and May West and Marx Brothers jokes all jumbled in there. So yeah, so if you don't know what we're talking about, set your wayback machine to 1988. We're taking a look at Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, starring, of course, Elvira as herself, which is how she is she is billed in this film, is as herself. And uh, I take this story to be 100% canonical for the character of Elvira, that this actually happened, uh, that she, you know, ended up in Falwell, Massachusetts somehow and ran, ran amok uh, against the, uh, the morality com- council, the morality committee. Uh, of Falwell, Massachusetts, uh, in order to keep her uncle from inheriting a, a cookbook that's actually a spell book that contains all the magic of her aunt and her mom. Um, gosh, this is this is it is a horror rack hanger on because I do remember this one a lot on VHS. Though this it's was more this of a horror rack hanger out. Hanger. <laughs> 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 it's time for my my uh, my big op- so much for my big opening. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, is that, you know, you only play G-rated movies, but they're only really good if they have a lot of sex and violence in them. Yeah, a lot of sex so. and violence. <laughs> so the, the thing about this, so this was, this was New World Pictures, right? Yeah. So that's, um, you know, that, that's, uh, that's Rod, that was Roger Corman's company in the 80s. Yeah. Right. So I remember this very much on um, on, on VHS as, as pretty much all the New World Pictures movies were. They're very hard to find now, some of them, because of the nature of when New World closed. Uh, if you listen to my other show, you'll know about uh, the whole thing with Godzilla 1985, that that can be uh, rather challenging to find because of the um, uh, the nature of that released from from new world but this one i totally remember seeing this one on on the shelves the uh, of of the uh video stores the cover with elvira tied to the stake with yep. uh you know um uh, about to be be set ablaze by uh, edie mcclurg you know is uh, and there's the poodle there is uh uh gonk is there as well the punk poodle it's it's such a it's a silly image, and it's striking because, of course, Elvira's assets are right there on display, right there. It's, it's, it, what, it's what the in comics they call a headlight cover. It absolutely is a good girl art headlight cover, right there. And then, but then the film is exactly what you expect it to be, right? It yeah. no part of this film, as Jay was saying with with her monologue there, takes itself seriously at no point, right? And and to the point that I love that much like she did on her show, Elvira will talk to the audience on occasion. She breaks the fourth wall completely and then even starts having daydreams in her own movie. Yeah. The, <laughs> the game show bit with Bob Eubanks is fantastic. Oh, and my God. I, I, oh, and, and not just for Elvira jumping up and down, which is always, always welcome, but the, the entire, the, the entire milieu of it is, is great. Right. And then to compare that to what we actually get with the with the the reading of the will, 
right? And talking about uh, Annie Ann and Un- Uncle Remus, right? The housekeeper and the driver. You got 10 grand? You made out like bandits and you're just the help? No. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I, th- I think this movie just got, I, I remember the critics really just sort of tore it up. And I think it got like lot like I mean didn't didn't NBC also have something to do it it felt like this combination of of a Corman picture and like a Wayne's World picture like budget wise you know yeah so and, this so 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 Elvira was hosting the movie Macabre she was hosting her her host her horror host show right yep. and she had always. Uh, wanted to do Cassandra Peterson had always wanted to take Elvira to the big screen at the time. They were also, there was interest in developing a sitcom, but the thought was, is that, you know, if I do a sitcom, I won't be able to do the movie. And so they went ahead and did the movie and, you know, um, the, the release got kind of botched, you know, the distribution mm-hmm. company essentially went out of, according to, uh, to Elvira, uh, they, they went out of business the day before they released the film. So it went from like 2000 screens to like 500 screens overnight. Right. And so that's, and, and so it, it ended up not, it ended up really hurting the film. She did eventually try the sitcom. They did a pilot that was not picked up, you know? And, and so she, you know, it, 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 it was a, a, a combination of things and you're right. This did get savaged by the critics because I'm not, I'm not, but I'm not really sure why, it's like, what are you really expecting? Right. It was, right. it was, it was like, I mean, it was like a lot of things. It was like Pee-wee's big, it had little like elements of Pee-wee's big adventure where you took a character who had sort of developed in the, in, you know, the edges of fringes of TV and brought the, and gave them an adventure. It had a little bit of Wayne, the Wayne's world, the Saturday night live character spinoff movies. But I think it's just because, it's just, um, you know, she's not like a comedian. She's a com- she does comedy, but she's kind of down to earth. You know, she still feels a little bit like a uh, like a like she's on a um, public access show a little bit. Whereas Wayne's World, were actors acting like they were on a public domain show, and yeah. her humor is a kind of a throwback. You know, it's 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 witty lines and it's almost a little too like earnest. Yeah, well, I you think know, it, well, for, for the before, movies that were like that at that time, you know, right. which were a little more even though she's talking to the audience and stuff, it's kind of like a throwback. To, it's like kind of like more like like Mad Magazine with just a little bit of smut thrown into it, you know. Whereas yeah. well, the other she, thing, she was, where other movies like the, this would be leaning more towards National Lampoon, you know? Right. And, and you know, she was a member of the Groundlings. Cassandra Peterson yep. was, right? Yeah, and like so he, the, yeah. yeah and as, as, as was Paul Rubens. That's why she, Cassandra Peterson's in Pee-wee's Big Adventure. And yep. her first choice to direct this film was Tim Burton. If Tim Burton is not doing oh, yeah. Beetlejuice, there's a good chance Tim Burton directs this film. And it has that same sort of energy like peewee's big adventure where it's mm-hmm. it it's it's and now in this case there's the ensemble no cast and you know well and in this the difference to me is that okay peewee's big adventure is one of those films that works really well when you're a kid but also works really well as an adult there is uh-huh. so much raunch in this movie this is one of those ones you got to be a little bit older this works great as a teenager because it's yeah. titillating it's funny and it's raunchy but it works I'm, to me it works well for me as an adult because it's legitimately funny 
like yes. herself and the people that she surrounds herself with are funny and they're they're doing good characters right and the thing is is that i always love that alvera never took herself seriously so there's ne even when there's a threat in the story it's still a goof right to yeah. she her uncle gets all the mystic powers and is trying to attack her, but she's got the ring. She goes, oh yeah, take this. And the ring flies off her hand and falls onto his finger. It's like, uh, huh. <laughs> so there's, there's always nothing is, nothing is more important than the gag ultimately. Right. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, she's kind of also making sort of one of the movies that would be on her show. You know, that, that would, yeah. you know, she's, 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 consumed in B movies and and genre stuff so and this and uh, you know maybe the the humor of it is more like the humor that would be in Corman movies than would be in a Saturday Night Live movie you know and I think in 1988 you, you know you had to be a little more like like hip not hipstery but you know a little more just sort of um ironic and and you know sort of even more self mocking, you know, cause, cause there's parts of, you know, that it's just, it's very earnest, you know, and, and I don't think, and I think that's why it still holds up really good. I thought this was going to be really dated and it's only kind of dated in like, we just don't have boob jokes like this anymore. You know, mm. there's just not, I've, I have, I have uh, I, honestly though, I've never seen more boob jokes in any movie, you know, <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it, it was you, uh, a virus. Yeah, the, the thing is, that's what the that's too. what the things are. You know, know it's, that's, that's, but that's the, the two the, elephants in the room. You know, in the movie. But but every everything Elvira does, like all the like, whenever she's on doing the things. I mean, like now when she's on like Joe Bob Briggs and stuff like that as Cassandra Peterson, um, she's talking like you know just an actress and stuff like that, right? Kind of thing. Yeah. But whenever she was on anything as Elvira, it's all still boob jokes. Even even the commercials, even the Elvira uh, Bud Light commercials and stuff like that, yes. they always were basically like, and again, without being as direct, they were all just boob jokes. You know, kind of thing. Well, like, I mean, that's uh, the, a horror host. That's what our TV horror host has something, yeah. some some gimmick. And like for her to ignore what the obvious gimmick is there in the whole thing. And she's a pinup come to life. And that's the gimmick yeah. of a pinup. Yeah. So it's, well, it's, you know, it's, well, yeah. it's funny. You know, it's, it's funny you say a pinup come to life because there is now we're, we're a little bit old for this particular um, uh, demographic item, I guess. I, I, I think that this is something that uh, is usually applied more to millennials, but those people listening to this show have probably heard of the internet term, big titted goth girlfriend. Yes. Right? Have you guys heard this? Yes. The big titted goth girlfriend. A big titty goth girlfriend. Okay. I said this to my to my friends a couple of months ago. I said, hmm, if only there was one person who represents this trope completely and absolutely and was so popular that everyone of a certain age across this country knows and likes this girl because she's mm -hmm. She's gorgeous. She's sexy. She's funny. She likes crappy monster movies just like we do. Right. She likes beer and root beer, just like we do. Right. It's like she drives a cool car. It's like uh, if only there was one person that fit all these things to make this trope. Right. It's like it all. It, so it's like, I'm, I'm, yep. I mean, that, that, that entire thing, women it, for different reasons. Yes. 
absolutely. Well, and, and oh, it it just amused me when I when I, I it struck me a couple of years back. I'm like, oh, that really is just that, isn't it? It really is just we all were, you know, watching movie macabre or catching bits of it or seeing her on VHS when we were prepubescent, and that just you know planted a seed. Right. It's like all the guys that like girls with like raven black hair and glasses. And then you realize the Baroness was a thing. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, you know it's, it's, and this is this is what's really funny. because again, not everyone watches Joe Bob Briggs now, but many of us saw Joe Bob Briggs, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, Monster Vision and like, you know, stuff like that back in the day when he was on cable as a as a host. Right. But if you watch Joe Bob Briggs now. Right. Marcy, Darcy, the male girl is yes. literally a new version of like not to be exactly elvira but she idolizes elvira she she when cassandra peterson was on she talks about how much she looked up to her as a kid she also idolizes certain other people too but like darcy the male girl has got two she, she's so like everything's out there with her like there's no holding back and she's ex and that's why that's why it's so popular and again whether you you know watch him or not, I mean Joe Bob Briggs, his movies he's showing are you know varying degrees of good or bad, and he doesn't do exactly what Elvira does. He doesn't cut into the movie and talk. They show the inter things, but when Darcy's talking, it is so obvious like her her influences from things that we as an older because again as Gen X and she's younger, way younger than we are, right? How she appreciates the stuff that we grew up with. Right. Remember, Elvira, like I said, she was on Bud Light commercials. She was on she wasn't just Bud Light. She was on a bunch of different commercials, because even if Didn't you she do Bud like A&W root beer also. Yes. Uh, for, yeah. yeah. So I remember that it's, one. <laughs> saying, but like but so even even if you if it was not the stuff that we necessarily with that, we you know, even if you didn't watch movie macabre every week, because there are people who watch Spenguli every single week. I mean, Spenguli is awesome, but I don't want to see Spenguli with 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 a low cut dress on. Um, you know, so I'm saying is even yeah, if you didn't, yeah, that that's problematic. Yeah, so much, right? <laughs> um, but so if you look at Elvira, right, kind of thing, and then you go back to let's be honest, if you go back to Vampira, you know, back yes. uh, the day, kind of yep. thing, like all the, there's there's such a lineage there that leads from our like the, you know the the monster kids of the fifties, right, into us. Right as you're going from the the boomers into the Gen X into the now you know, eventually to the millennials, like everyone's always so like there's so much connective fucking tissue that you to, that most people don't want to admit to being there, but it's pretty obvious, right? Yes. There, there's a reason why, and I wish I was kidding, right? When you have Cassandra Peterson at 70 years old, however old she is, when she puts on all the 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 you know yep. the, the wig and everything, she, you can't tell. I mean. Everyone's like, that's I, after I saw this, I found out that there was that she made like a streaming Elvira movie dur during like over COVID, like yeah. somewhere between 2021 and 22, somewhere in there. And I watched and I just sort of flipped through it. I didn't have time. And I was like, and I was like, well, let's see how bad this is. And it looked like it was right about at the same budget and level. It had actually even a better soundtrack. Than, than the movie I just watched. And then there's a scene where she's walking up the stairs and, you know, the, the butt jokes and the boob jokes are going. And I'm like, wait a minute. Isn't she like 72 years old? Yeah. You can't tell. You can't tell. I mean, we I'm should, sure there's we makeup should, and there might have been some surgery and stuff. 
Yeah. Well, here's the thing is, so, 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 I mean, again, Ben, people may not know this, and I just want to put this out there. Cassandra Peterson has always said that there's a reason why her hair is the way it is. There's a reason why her dresses are always cut the exact same way. She has burns on the back of her neck and on her back. And so you never see, even when she's in her bikini, right? Yeah. You can never, you never see her back. You never see where the, like, because she's like, as she said, she goes, I always put my, put my best, my best parts out there for people. Right. Kind of thing. And, and not taking yourself, how to, how to say this nicely. I, I, cause Sandra Peterson as a comedian and an actress does not take herself too seriously. Right. That she, like, she understands she can poke fun at herself but not degrade herself. Does that make sense? Right. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Because there's a difference with making jokes about, like, your boobs or, like, you know, someone's, well, I, we can't serve liquor up there. You want a virgin? Maybe after a few drinks I do. Like, like you kind of, like, can't, you kind of have to be able to tell those kind of corny jokes. You have to kind of take, you, you don't have to take yourself super seriously, but you still aren't being disrespectful to who you are, you know, kind of thing. And I think, letting your sense of humor show through letting that part come through even in a day and age when nowadays let's be honest no one fucking wants to i mean i love it that to me is like the way comedy should be but so many people are offended by everything it's like if if you look at if you look at elvira at 70 something years old and you're like that's offensive what's offensive you're just mad that you don't look like that like that's what that comes down to you know it's uh, it's it's hard sometimes when we when you look back, and, and we know this all the time. We look back at older kind of movies from the '80s and stuff like that, and they just don't hold up, right? Especially with com- you have to be very careful with certain comedies because they become very very dated and very very you know a, a product of its time. Like this might be funny in, in 1987 and 1988 and 89ish kind of, and they're starting to fade. You know what I'm saying? This movie, now I'm trying to think, this was 88, so I probably, I saw this with Billy Burns at his house. We rented this uh, from the local video store. It wasn't a blockbuster, it was the mom and pop video store. Luke knows what I'm talking about yep. here. Going hyper yep. local. Um, and we watched this, because his, and we were playing with the Dungeons and Dragons, the the play set that had the, the Fortress like, of like, Fangs, I believe is that what it's called. We were playing <laughs> with that, watching this. The scene with the taco and the hot dog has always stuck with me. Right, because I'm like, oh my god, and Billy's just like, oh, and his mom's like, what do you got? Was is it appropriate? I'm like, no, it's just really funny. We're just for good. And Billy's like, I don't think that was going to be in here, um, you know, kind of thing. But I mean, to, we probably were grossly the wrong age to be watching. I mean, we were the perfect age to watching it, but not the yes. targeted age to watch it. We were ten, right? Maybe eleven. Like that, we're seeing this. We're like, you know, barely in middle school. This is the perfect age. Like, yeah, let's see this kind of thing. Because this was like awesome. And at the end of the day, there's no nudity in the whole thing. Even right. her even her dance at the end, which she learned how to do. Okay, so, so she learned how to be. She was a topless showgirl when she first broke into show business. That's what she did. At the age of 14, she learned how to do the dance where she would spin the the tassels with her breasts. Yes. Yep. Right. Both ways. Yep. Yeah. At the age of 14, she wasn't allowed to perform 
obviously with the pasties on. So she practiced and she said in a bikini until she could do it perfectly. And even though she hadn't done it in years, she felt she needed to do it in the movie for all her fans. And no one was probably like, you know what? I could done without that. That's there's a lot. No, there's a lot of people that when you mention the movie, they go, that's a movie where she rotates her boobs in opposite directions. And yeah, it'll always. It's, and so it always shall be. It is I mean, a skill set, dude. It's a skill set that I don't think many people even. Well, here, here's the, so here's the thing in the modern era, right? So I'm saying in the in the 2000s, we've seen a revitalization of burlesque in this country and right. specifically yes. what they call like nerd burlesque. Right. So. Oh, not yeah. When, this. So this movie is like right ahead of its time. You know? Absolutely. She, she, I mean that. So I so I will say this at at Gen Con, which is the largest like tabletop gaming convention in the U.S. And that's in uh, Indianapolis uh, in every summer. Right. Okay, they host at least one nerd burlesque every time. And I've been to that. I've been to Gen Con twice, and both times we went to the nerd burlesque. And the first time we went, there was one of the burlesque dancers did. Now, she did. There were, was a girl that did the tassels on her breast, but there was one that did the tassels on her rear end also. Did the assholes, which is a whole other <laughs> skill set. <laughs> right? But what I'm saying is, is that these are traditional right. like burlesque and nudie cutie and striptease stuff. And it's still, it's still part of that. It's still part yeah. of that language. It's still part of that vocabulary, right? For that type of performance. So for Cassandra Peterson, who was, let's say, a Vegas showgirl, you know, for her to be able to do that, it's like, it's wonderful because that's part of that performance, right? To me, that's that's no different than being able to do yeah. a sunset flip properly, right? It, it's part yeah. and part, part and parcel of the performance of that type of physical, um, uh, you know, uh, performance, for lack of a better term. So yeah, I I do love that, and it and it and it comes at coming at the end like that. It has to, right? Because that's the big payoff, yeah. Right? She, well, she's got thing, all. The she's got the money, is... and she's got her show, which is all she wants is just to get her show, right? You know, yeah. so... <laughs> well, can I get paid to go out and do, make to do the show? You know, kind of thing. So I I do love this as an aside for that when we're talking just talking about the show when she's with her agent in the trailer after she walks out on her 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 TV show, right? So a yeah. couple of things. So Paul Rubens was supposed to make a cameo in this because Paul Rubens and Cassandra Peterson were tight. He couldn't do it because they were filming Big Top Pee Wee. Thus, that is why yep. the Pee Wee Herman doll is in her trailer. Uh, I love all the posters in there. One of my favorite B movies, Monster on the Campus, is represented in there. Yep. Uh, there's also, I think it's Alice Cooper's Trash. I think is on one of the po- one of the walls in the back there. Uh, Cooper and Elvira, a good a good combination for sure. Kind of similar mindsets about yes. themselves, I think. Yeah, yeah. And um, but there's and a chocolate. yeah yeah. There's a gag there. She's behind the changing screen and she's throwing all these lacy things over the top of the changing screen at her agents, with yeah. the with the suggestion being she's changing, and then she comes out and she's wearing the exact same thing. Yep. <laughs> I love that joke so much because it's like, if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss that completely. <laughs> it's like, and then she gets asked, don't you wear, have anything else? No. Sometimes I like to wear things that are kind of low cut and, and, and slutty. <laughs> so the thing, I mean, well, I mean, obviously you just said they were, they were filling big top peewee, which is why she's not in big top peewee. She was supposed to be in that as well. Because so um, Paul Rubens, she's the biker mama in, uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Pee-wee's Big Adventure, right? But she was supposed to be Big Top Pee-wee. Also, um, Paul Rubens had again was supposed to be here, and she was supposed to be there. It's all about the, you know. Again, you would put your when you're making these movies, you put your friends in them. 
right? You know, why why not put your friends in these things? Even if they're only on set for a couple of days, it's still, you know, making a movie is a lot of work. You know, as Jerry Seinfeld said, I feel I turned to the triangle. I'm stuck here, huh? You know, kind of thing, right? It's a lot of work to do. So you want to have people around who you enjoy, who have good laughs with, especially if you're all part of the same comedy troupe or kind of cut your teeth in the same comedy troupe. It makes it easy sometimes to get through those things, which is why, you know, you see movies where you're like, well, Huh, I wonder why these same people are in it. Well, they're all friends, you know, a lot of times, you know, kind of thing. It's it's not always and and just like Roger Corman always said, he goes, There's a reason why I use the same people over and over again. I know who can act. You know, kind of thing. If you know what you're gonna get out of somebody and they can do this role, you're like, This person's perfect for it. You get them, you put them into it. You know? Right. It's well, just like, like any, we were saying earlier, this uh, new line cinema movie. Why why does Robert? Why is Bob Shea put himself in the movie and his sister? Why are they in there? Because he knows he's going to get out of him, and he doesn't charge anything for him to be in it. So, well, it's it's, yeah. it's Roger Corman. So why is it conquered the world in there, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, you know, so that's always funny though. And it conquers the world, right? The kind of thing. It's like the, the for those who have ever seen it, conquers the world. Sorry, spoiler alert. The movie's only like eighty years old. That literally the friggin' thing is as tall, is shorter than the person. You're like, oh god, it's it conquered the world, but it barely could get in. You know, it couldn't even get into a, like a uh, on a ride at Disney. On it's a not carnival cool. ride. Yeah, yeah. It's it so- conquered the world, but it got kicked off the kind of off the bumper cars. <laughs> got yep. kicked, got kicked off of the teacups. <laughs> Thanks for playing. <laughs> as an aside, really quickly about it conquered the world. Uh, movie that's not available on DVD. So if you want that one, good luck. Go find it on VHS somewhere. Uh, the other thing I want to say, the reason, one of the rationales for why It Conquered the Monster, but It Conquered the World looks the way it does. I believe in It Conquered the World, the monster is from the planet Venus. And the theory was that, okay, well, on Venus, it's got higher gravity, so a creature will be oh, really short to so, the ground. So just yes. like Phantasm. But, yeah, okay. Yeah, just like Phantasm. And um, but then, like I said, when when the monster came out, the squat little monster came out and the leading lady towered above it. They said, this looks ridiculous. And they put the big carrot top head on top of it. And it looks <laughs> slightly more ridiculous if that's there at all go. possible. <laughs> um, yeah. There you, I fixed you, it, you know. You can get it, Conqueror's well, World. You know, uh, what do you call it on Amazon? It's like this bootleg yeah. It's like a bootleg thing that people are like, this isn't very good. It's like, yeah, well, because it's not available, dude. It's bootlegged on this thing. But yeah. it's still funny, though, because the, the cover, the, the poster for Conquer the World is pretty good. Like, kind of thing, you look at this going, this thing could be pretty intense, a lot of teeth and stuff like that. But you, you realize, it's, well, the, whatever, I forgot who the, the woman, uh, the main person in Conquer the World, it'll come to me. Um, she had always said, she goes, it was so embarrassing. Beverly Garland. Said it was very embarrassing that like this little tiny thing came out of here, and it's like I could just knock it right over. And it's like, yeah, you know, kick you, it right down. Yeah. It's like, I'm sure Roger was hoping you didn't do that. That's what I'm hoping. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, that thing cost seventy five bucks to put together. So you know, it's kid gloves. What's his name? Paul is it Paul Blaisdell? I'm trying to remember the special effects artist. Yeah. He, he had to his house forever. Um, and that's why in um, um, oh, it's a uh, decoration in your house. It's like one of the greatest things you could ever have. <laughs> well, Paul Blaisdell had on display in his in in his uh, music, in, like his house. He had all on display all the masks and stuff he had done, and in How to Make a Monster, I couldn't remember it. Um, 
they set fire to things, and that's what got set fire to some of his real stuff. And he, he's they weren't fakes; they were his real stuff. And it was all they go like, "Well, we'll just set a fire to him. We'll put him out." And they didn't, and they wound up losing a lot of stuff. Dad and I talked about that when we covered that movie. Anyway, yes, yes. Um, yeah, the B, the, but, like, the the B movie connection to Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, is very very real. Oh um, yeah, and like I like say saying earlier like it's it it is there's elements of this that are very 1988 like fall the name of the like Fallwell and the sort of you know because of the pmrc also at that time so those were very and the music is a kind of kind of 80s ish and you know like a a that time period music movie but a lot of the subject matter and stuff in it is all stuff that has sort of that was more obscure then, but has become like you were saying burlesque and stuff like that. But also, I mean, you can like, there's definitely some like elements of like Russ, like PG versions of yes. Russ Meyer and so a Russ little Meyer. John Waters yeah. thrown in there. Uh, and that, yeah. and that stuff's like more, you know, more appreciated in pop culture these days. Like, like her boyfriend was to- that was totally out of a Russ Meyer movie is like the big to- the woman who's like the dominant, character in the thing you know just grabs yeah, a big the, dumb beefcake and is like this is my boyfriend right. you know in the movie and, and it's a, well, it's like know, an it, early himbo character yeah it's a himbo he makes me think of the uh you know julie brown's album i like him big and stupid right yeah 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 and, <laughs> i mean they don't know, like just a built, turns built. the table on it and, the, and yeah. their relationship is totally second uh, of course i don't like i don't know if cassandra peterson's like totally into love scenes in a movie with with a big guy but she picked this the the dynamic that she picked with him is he's just sort of a di- disposable himbo you know in the movie and it's and it's and he's just a you know loyal good-natured you know doofus who can punch people out it it's and it, it makes way more sense in the context of today than it did in 1988 you know yeah and the, and and it makes sense that I I never knew she was in the Groundlings, and that that totally makes sense. Right. And uh, now you talk you talk about um, you know the boyfriend being a Bob, right? Uh, so here's a little bit of trivia. One of the teenage boys, Brad Pitt auditioned for. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the story goes that she thought that he was too good looking, that Elvira yeah. would not be interested in Bob if one of the teenagers who was trying to chase her was Brad Pitt. And yeah. according to IMDb, you take yeah. with this, take this with a grain of salt. On her casting notes for the audition, Elvira wrote next to his name, "Yum Yum." Yeah. You talk about like um, you know the 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 elements that that maybe play a bit better now or more appreciated. You know, it's it's funny because you when again at least for me when I was a kid, I never thought of Elvira in the the high camp aspect that she is right but you know the character is hugely popular in 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 that type of uh context right so the character is incredibly popular with you know the 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 homosexual uh audience and uh you know the that type of appeal and that's part of the thing too because you know you talk about that she still looks so similar her makeup is so severe she's made up like she's drag drag queen right yeah but obviously she's not right because all the, it's all original parts or at least, you know, no, I, 
I have I had a, I had a good friend who was like that. That was her makeup. She she was basically very. She was sort of more of a punk rock Elvira, and she lived on the West Coast, and she would have drag queens just running up to her, going like, "Oh my God, you're." You've got great drag, and she's just like, "This is a real thing." And then they'd be like, "Oh my God, you're my hero," you know, and <laughs> and and that's sort of what Elvira, Elvira. I mean, she she is doing drag. I mean, when you see Cassandra Peterson, she's just a lady, a lady actress and stuff. And then, and she and she has she has to gear up like any guy who, who would want to play Elvira, Mistress of the Night, yeah. or whatever, you know. So but yeah, now yeah. That and, becomes, and she plays it broad. Yeah. She plays a really like, I guess, pun intended, a, a broad interpretation of a woman. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah but that, it's, it's that very May, it's the, very uh, May West. She swaggers right. and you know and makes makes just like every she picks up she picks up the lewd double entendres before any of the guys in yeah. in the movie. You know. <laughs> So the the really funny thing is I'm watching this right, and uh, I have the Arrow Arrow release, the uh, the Blu-ray, which is as good as this movie will ever look, kind of thing, right? Um, and it's funny because I'm watching this, and Kelly and Haley come home from whatever, and Kelly's like, "Oh, it's Elvira." Kelly, Kelly immediately knew who it was. Again, Kelly not a fan of this stuff, but knows exactly who Elvira is. And Haley's like, "What are you watching? Like, why don't you shut up? This is my normal thing, and just." And just watch. Get off your friggin' phone and watch, right? So Haley's watching. And she's laughing at some of the things. She liked the dog, you know, being having a mohawk and a whatever kind of thing. But Haley, you know, again, gets some of the jokes because she's old enough to kind of understand the double entendre stuff. But, like, to her, she's like, what is going on? Like, this is weird. And I have to remember that, like, you know, because Kelly's laughing at the jokes and whatever. And I'm like, Haley's not used to tim burton kind of movie she wasn't used to that kind of like those right. 80s movies in that vein right haley if, if we ever put Wee's big adventure on haley wouldn't know what to do with it because it would just it's so out of like it's so different than the stuff we had seen you know kind of thing like she's not used to that um but, the, but, but if i can just jump in but i would still say that i think in both films there are aspects that even if it's something that you're completely unfamiliar with that as a younger viewer, there are enough things that are just either bizarre yeah. or ridiculous. Because you talk about Pee Wee's Big Adventure, the breakfast machine. I don't care how old you are. The breakfast machine yeah. is funny. Right. right? But the so thing is, it's also yeah, funny. So there are certain things that, that kind of transcend is all I'm saying. Right. I'm saying, right. But then, like, but like, 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 the, like okay. So when that scene happens, because Kelly loves uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. And it's Mr. T cereal. Mr. T, you know, cereal, you know, cereal, right? We laugh at that. And Haley goes, why is that? We'll say, why? To her, it'd be, why is that funny? What's Mr. T cereal? I don't know what that is. Because she probably doesn't know who Mr. T is, right? I put in a food, oh, Mr. T cereal, right? Kind of thing. It's, she, it might be funny because it's this weird contraption and like, okay. It's the voice and stuff, but right. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's this weird contraption <laughs> to make breakfast and you pour cereal on top of it. I mean, that's <laughs> So if you think about it, it's, it's much in the way that, um, you know, again, and, and it's not just, you know, they, they made movies like this in the early 90s as well, but it's like when we watch Freaked, right? When we watch Freaked, which is a movie a lot of people have never seen, right? Uh, yes. kind of, that movie has jokes that are there for certain people to get and that that are broad that are the broad joke 
And then when you understand what you're watching and you understand the genre and you understand all the different people and who people are and how John Wick is there just as a, as a werewolf. Um, uh, <laughs> it's just as a dog boy. Dog boy. Dog boy. Yes. Dog boy. Um, you know, kind he's of thing. Ortiz, he's Ortiz the dog face boy, he's isn't he? Face boy. He is Ortiz. <laughs> Ortiz, uh, so which I always wanted that squirrel. <laughs> yeah, which I really wanted to yell at one point during John Wick. I finally got that squirrel. Anyway, that, um, or, or or have him like sneak into someplace dressed as a milkman. You know, yeah, my God. So <laughs> when we watch that, there's so many jokes, there's so many layers of jokes in there that you'd really have to kind of like understand what you're watching, and then when you know. Well, this is the Chodo brothers. So this is like, you know, killer cops from outer space. And this is like this. And it's like the, the, the movie becomes funnier and funnier. And yet there are people who watch it. we like, I don't understand anything that happened. Don't get it. Yeah. Shoot at some point, like, obviously they, you know, didn't whatever, but like, you know, why is there a can of cheese? You right. know, like things just don't make sense. The, you know? the, the one I always love and freaked. That doesn't that the problem with the problem with this joke is that it's visual, so you can't use the line a lot. When yeah. the plane blows up, because man, glad that wasn't our plane. Oh yeah, that's just our plane. The best is we a lot of us have ESP, but it's he's got ESPN. Look out, Hulk, he's got a ESPN. Yeah, well, I tell you what, you know, not not to not to get too far afield, but a couple but one thing about that joke. Is uh, the first time I watched Mean Girls, and they oh, yeah. make the ESPN joke. I said, "Mean Girls, you hack." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and and now, if you want to get now, in all serious, now that that is a joke because I, I I knew the joke was from Freaked, but you know, shout out to the Grind Bin. That is that is Mike Woods' uh, line from the Grind Bin. But I literally did write this down at one point in the movie in Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. So we got a got a movie. It's, you know, kind of horror comedy. It's got a, it's starring a, a, uh, a very popular uh, gal who is extremely popular with certain markets, right? And there's a song, I put a spell on you in the movie. Okay. Hocus Pocus, you fucking hack. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Beat you to it by five damn years. Just saying. Okay. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm not going to, no, you know, song I don't is know a, that, that song because is Andrew Peterson can now. sing as well as, uh, that song's a trope now. Yeah, because it's a trope because of Hocus Pocus more than anything else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. But uh, I don't know how I don't know if Cassandra Peterson could could, could sing it as well as uh, uh you Bette know Midler. as uh, as Bette Midler. I'm going to assume yeah. the answer's no. Yeah. But by the same time, you know, I do like Cassandra Peterson's costume a lot better than I like Bette Midler's too. So I got that going on, you know. She's <laughs> <laughs> definitely got better. T- Anyway, um, I so, also love when Elvira br- uh, breaks out the Rambo look, which is yes. That's like if you need like Reagan's America, yes, right, yes. right there. <laughs> Elvira dressed as John fucking Rambo, Ronald. Yeah. Do a lot of coke uh, and vote for Ronald Reagan. That's all there is to it, right there. So, although it was missing was a spitting image with it too, uh, because that was you know, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, spitting images. Sorry, but like look it up. Good lord, short-lived, but man, that fucking thing hit on a lot of stuff. Oh, and it's funny because if you think about it, Elvira, like they they would be perfect for spitting image. Oh right? yeah, right? 
She's already a broad caricature. That's right. She's a broad <laughs> character. So they would to make a puppet of her. It's not even that hard. But like, I don't know if they, the puppet would even be able to be held up because of the size of the breast they would have to have on yeah. it. Um, but that's the whole really? thing. Yeah. Well, it's hard with the puppet. Uh, you know, this is. But this is one of the reasons why I think we, um, you know, as, of of a certain age look back at the 80s and we remember how much fun things were like and how enjoyable and i'm not saying the things weren't like they weren't fun things in the 90s and the 70s or whatever but like there was a time in the 80s when a movie like this comes out you're like yeah totally now it, you couldn't make a movie anything like this now because if you want to make a comedy that's raunchy quote unquote it's got to be like over the top raunchy it's got to be like completely like you know whatever yeah like no, well, like the, the, like the hangover was, yeah. or something like that. Yeah, well, like that's, that's like there's a new one called uh, it just came, it came out this this past year called uh, No Hard Feelings. Kelly and yeah. I watched right, and what's her face is in it. Um, a Mystique. What's her name? Um, I totally blanked her name. Oh, well, you know, um, yeah, I know you're talking about uh, uh, Jennifer Jennifer Lawrence. Lawrence, Jennifer Lawrence. yes, she's fuck ass naked in it, right? I mean, she is fuck ass naked. You see. Right, the whole front, everything you see, all of it, right? And I'm like, but I didn't need to see all of it in Elvira Mr. the Dark. This was actually, you know, I mean, again, well, this, I'm is, looking, well, this is PG-13, right? So, I get I, that, but I'm okay, saying, but like, yeah. think about that, like, like Elvira, like the the the, the you know the cleaving, you know, the, the 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 heaving cleavage, and like the way she's like that is more. I don't want to say titillating, but that's more kind of exciting when you're yes. watching in the 80s than seeing and funny. Yeah, okay, well, funnier. yes, I, I agree with that. But I'm saying it's like, here's Jennifer Lawrence, absolutely naked. Like, there's nothing left. I don't, have, but I kind of was like, oh, it's fine. And she's looks really good. But like, Elvira still is kind of better. Well, you know, kind of thing like. It's like so, so, so two things, right? I mean, like you said, if the raunchy comedy now has to be over the top, they have to be an R-rated comedy. In fact, they're oh, specifically called R-rated comedies in today's market, right? Yes. Why are Mr. Dark is PG-13? I'm reminded of what your friend and mine, Bob Hansen, always described the restaurant Hooters. He said Hooters is a PG-13 strip club. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yes. So Elvira, Mr. the Dark is a PG-13 movie. It's titillating, but yeah. not. And, it, and it's bawdy and it's raunchy, but it's not vulgar, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, right. It's not porky, but it's not whatever. But to me, that, you know? It comes yeah. right yeah, up and, the and line, it's okay. but... Yeah, but our R-rated comedies worked in the 80s, and they still do work now because they, they hit a target market. By right. making it PG-13, it, it, it serves – to me, it serves two masters, right? The All the teenagers were added to this movie to try to appeal to a teen market, which I think makes a lot of sense. Because this definitely can appeal to teenagers, right? Because teenage boys are teenage boys, right? And, and you know, I think teenage girls are attracted to a character like Elvira also because even though she looks a certain way, people expect her to act a certain way, she doesn't. She's her own person, right? She's her she's character is always... She's character and she's in charge at all through the movie, yeah. you know? She just yeah. charges into the town, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. but then it also, you know, by, uh, it, it appeals to the teen market by making it PG 13. Right. And it also then serves Cassandra Peterson. It serves to her character. She's a producer. You know, Elvira is not going to appear topless. Right. Right. I right, mean, right. It's not going to happen. 
because yeah. that's not her character because her character is sexy, but she's fun. Right. She's, she's, uh, you know, she, she's still just, she's, she's ditzy enough that, that, you know, sometimes you wonder like how much of this is that she's just kind of just floating through life and things just kind of happen and how much of it is she has, like you say, she's completely in charge of all this. And it doesn't make sense for the character, whereas in a film like Porky's, right, that film is so just, uh, it, it yeah. doesn't pull any punches because it works for that. I would not want to see this type of film at R-rated because to me it takes away from the other aspects of the comedy other than the titillation to make it R-rated and go the full money. You know, if you go the full money, what's the point? Right. 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 You know? <laughs> yeah. So in the I, full I, money, they don't go the full money. That's right? true. They do. And that, yeah. that makes that movie funny. Okay. If, if at the end, when they go the full money and it's facing the front, that's not funny. It's right. about, you see him from yeah. the back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would break yeah. the tone of the whole movie. If they did that, it would just be, yeah. Yeah. No, as an aside, I did like the full money. That's a, I probably need a rewatch on that. It's been a number of years, but I did like that. I mean, I, I saw it when it came out. And yeah. so that was a long time ago, but it was a good, yeah, it was a good movie. Yeah, it was a good ensemble cast movie of doughy white guys, With the a... best kind of white guys. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, but so anyway, like I mentioned before, uh, this does have an hour release, um, which is got to be the definitive version of this. It's, uh, you know, it's got all the special features. So that an Arrow video put this out, it's got to be the definitive copy to, to get oh, right. Arrow version. I want to say. Let me, let me look. I because I know. I want to say Shout Select also was putting it out. Um, I, it was not Scream Fact. It was Shout. It was Shout. Uh, what am I looking up? I saw Elvira. Elvira, Mister Elvira got distracted. One thing led to another. I'm trying to just uh, Mister Dark Blu-ray. So the because there's the regular cheap one that's out there right the elvira yeah. mentioned said the hour release um yeah i'm trying to look see if it has elvira's haunted hills it has over there um where the heck is it this okay so we the, full, the fully restored 1080p you know this is kind of be as clean as this is ever going to look right um it already has the it has the Two different audio commentaries. It has the special features. It has all the extended image galleries, all that stuff, right? Then there was the uh, steel book. Arrow put out a steel book of it from the same uh, release. Um, and I'm looking for. It might not have ever. I maybe Shout Select did not ever come out with the thing. I thought Shout Select was going to do one as well, um, but I think it might have been that they Shout originally put out the original. But I know. Whatever's on the and anytime there's an arrow release, that pretty much is like outside of our criterion. I can't imagine there's a higher level you're going to get to than an arrow release or something because they don't not, do that. Yeah, about the only yeah, I mean for a film that Arrow is going to put out, yeah. right? Then yes, about because because the only thing I would say would be like a boutique outfit like Vinegar Syndrome or something. But this is too mainstream a movie for Vinegar Syndrome, right? But, he, but so even, even even something like Vinegar Syndrome and stuff, who who I've bought a lot of tons of stuff from, when they put out something, that's pretty much the definitive one. But that movie right. they're what putting yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, doesn't have a this, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm saying movie. This this is this is a movie that I would expect not expect them to put out. I would expect right. Arrow to yeah. put out Melvira, right? So it's it's like it's like when um like shouts like they then they when they came up with the scream you know shout factory came up with scream factory to put out the horror stuff right yes. and you're like okay well they're putting out and then fill in the blank whatever movie two disc special edition collectors until they come out the 4k this is the best it's ever going to look whatever um but then what winds up happening is when arrow puts stuff out and you have a shout select a lot of times they're the same uh, i say that not meaning exactly the same but like they're close enough where it's like if you have one you don't really need the other right so um but the other they like you'll see sometimes um the paramount presents sometimes they'll put out something like a movie like breakdown yeah. put out right which when it came out you could get now that thing's like it's a limited run it's out of print goes for 130 bucks now you're like are you kidding it's just it's just what do you call it? it's literally vanishing point again you know kind of thing yes like they when they go and put these movies, these are not movies that are going to be necessarily. Um, this is not going to be your mass-produced, you know, movie of the week at Walmart. This is you go seek them out, you know, and and yeah. you know, hey, if I'm going to spend some money, and and obviously like any kind of Arrow release is not usually super cheap. If I'm going to spend some money on someone, I want it to be the best it can look. And, of course. You know, yeah. This this has everything on it. There's I can't imagine there's much else out there outside of Cassandra Peterson doing an interview like nowadays. Like because she was on, I want to say it was the 2022 or 2023. I'm, I gotta remember. She was on with Joe Bob Briggs talking about stuff, and they were talking about Elvira's Haunted Hills, which yeah. is not quite anywhere at the level of this. And that's no. played more straight. I want to say straight. It's nothing special, but they're talking about it, right? And but they have her on, and they're talking, and it's much more. I, I find that when I'm watching that, because that movie's so poor, I don't pay attention to the movie. I just want to watch the interview segments. If she was to talk about environment she's a dark, which she does, and stuff like that, there, then maybe there's something she might say there that wasn't in some other documentary. But the chance of that happening is so like rare. It's been covered. People know what's going on. It's not like this was. You know, somebody who made a movie and then never did anything else ever the rest of her life. Elvira has been in the public eye for 50 years, maybe. Uh, Yeah, early 80s. Yeah. Early I mean, 80s, yeah. Yeah, I mean, early 80s, you know, kind of thing. I mean, even before that, you know, kind of, yeah, yeah, she was on TV. And people still know, you know who she is today. Elvira's movie Macabre started in 1981. Okay, yeah. You know. So, Damn. and we <laughs> we didn't have Elvira's Mystery Mercado where we, where we grew up. No, we did, not... we, we did have, I know we had at least one of her um, uh, VHS releases because we had Hideous Sun Demon that had her on it. I remember that from, I don't remember, I think that was from her movie Macabre, um, uh, or that or, I know she had a couple of VHS series, but I know we did have that one. And of course, everyone knew her from her advertising work and everything else too. Well, the thing about that though, we did not watch Mr. We didn't watch like like her, her weekly TV show. And yes. we knew exactly who she was. Yes. Is isn't that exactly what you these celebrities yeah. if you're so isn't that what you want? You literally don't have to even watch the person's product and you know exactly who they are. Yeah. Enough where she was national. Like 
was it was it A and W or Barks? I think it was A and W, right? The root beer commercial. I think it was A and W. Yeah. So, um, but like she's on there doing that, and you're like, okay, you know, it's not like you're even questioning. Uh, you know, um, you know, you're not even questioning what you know what you're seeing. Right. Well, no, it was it's, sort it's, of it's like Wolfman Jack when mug, I was a little kid. Mug root beer. I bet. When okay. I was a little kid, I, mean, I knew exactly who Wolfman Jack was, and Mug I didn't Rube. even yes. know he was a DJ. But like I, you know, it was just like he was he was like he's a hairy guy that talks like a wolf, you know. And yeah. that's all you have to be to be a celebrity or whatever, as long as you do it well and people like it. And yeah, and I mean, just her name and her image alone tells you pretty much everything you're going to need to know about any kind of Elvira mistress of the night material that what you would experience, you know? So, okay. Yeah. Ready for this? Here we go. So it was mug. Oh, they were ready for this. It was mug root beer. And then yeah. she did the Coors light commercials at Halloween. Yes. And we have the official, Elvira, the official beer of Halloween. Yes. The uh, Elvira mug root beer and slice orange soda. Yes. That's what I, I literally found that, and I'm throwing the link into the chat. That's the Go Psycho with Elvira. <laughs> Michael Berryman's in the commercial. Yes, he is. Oh my God! A party with Elvira at the Bates Motel, Universal Studios, Hollywood. Holy shit! I remember this 100. As soon as just, I'm like, I yes. remember the commercial. Oh my God, dude. That commercial will be so freaking good right now. If you had that on, you know kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, bring back mug root beer and slice and on uh, mandarin orange slice, um, kind of thing. I think mug root beer is still might root beer is still around. I think, but just not a, not as. I think I've still seen mug root root beer around. Slice, if no, slice, slice was around, I'd be drinking it. Yeah. Slice got replaced with it. Sierra Mist and then was replaced with Starry. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I I mean I can story. I can That's still I can that. still taste mandarin orange slice. Yeah. I remember going to the west coast to visit my cousins who always got all the products early. Um and you know them opening up the cooler and there was a mandarin orange slice and my cousin handed it to me going like here you go man and I'm like I don't like orange soda. He's like it was like a, it was like a commercial he goes you'll like this or orange soda and I'm like Pleh. Oh, yeah. Go, 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 go. yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> Good stuff, man. But yeah, unfortunately, no, no slice. But you know, Elvira's still with us, so we got that going on. Yeah, you know. Anyway, but yeah, like, I said, like Luke said, it's available to watch. I mean, it's on. Uh, it streams on Prime. I want to say is it it's Pluto on, or it's on you. It's on it's on Tubi. It's I'm pre it's on pretty YouTube. sure it's on YouTube. I mean it's all over the place. If you want to watch like, this, it's you on YouTube. It. YouTube officially has it with free with ads. Yeah. And then there's somebody who's posted up the exact same version on YouTube with I'm assuming without yep. ads, but Yeah, so but it, it's out there. Easy to find, you know. Well worth your time to watch. Well, worth yeah. it. I mean, I watched it last night. I watched it last night with my wife and she, I said to her, I said, look, we got to, I got to watch a movie for a podcast. She's like, okay, what is it? I said, it's Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. And she's like, you could see, it's like, that sort of rings a bell. And then, and she enjoyed it. 
you know, she liked it just on the straight comedy level and the, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, just the ridiculousness. And like when they paint her house, she loved that. When they wake up, they, they, they fix up her aunt's house. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you know what? That's the only, the, the only element that I thought didn't ring totally true in this movie is that when she pulled up to that house and went in it, she wasn't like, she was like, ew, what's, you know, she immediately is like, I got to get rid of this hunk of junk. But like big titty goth girl walking, walking up to that house and into that house would be like, I will never leave here. You know, getting your own Adams family house when you're Elvira mistress of the night. What, you know? Yeah. But, but, you need, but when you need money, right? right. You yeah, need cash true. money. Yeah. Because as soon as they say, oh, you could sell it, then it's like, oh, I love this house. I love the yeah, craftsmanship. Yeah. She ripped the molding off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, good times, but not not you know not the normal fare we usually cover on, especially on the horror rack portion of the vault. Not the normal fare we cover on the Our vault. Our second comedy in a row. That's exactly right. As you did, you 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 took my point there. This is our second horror comedy in a row, and it does show that horror and comedy can work together, right? Oh, now yeah. this one leans a bit more to the comedy than than Totally Killer does, but certainly uh, certainly does have some some horror elements to it in the in the last reel um but it never loses sight that ultimately being funny and being uh charming is is the uh, uh the 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 ultimate uh purpose right it's the ultimate function of the film um and and you know a lot of it is carried on the fact that cassandra peterson is incredibly charming and funny right her character is funny and her character has um wit and you know she always has a snappy comeback and her delivery is great you know and her delivery is never, it, it's it's never ch- cheesy or over dramatic. It's always just take it as like uh, you know our English listeners would say it takes the mick out of everything she says herself, right? Yes. So it's 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 just wonderful, you know. It, it's a it's it is definitely a get get some of your favorite beverage, sit down and have a good time. You know, it's one of the films I can I can say without any qualifications that we've covered on this show that you can totally sit down and have a good time. And if you don't, and I hate this phrase I'm about to use, I utterly hate it, but it's the only appropriate phrase. If you can sit down and watch this movie and not have fun, you must hate fun. Just leave it at that. (laughs) And and he had a knife and I hate knives, but I hate knives. Uh. We do get to see the knife on her belt come to play here. I love that. Yes, yes, yes. It's always she pours the, the beers in uh, Kanicki from Greece and the other guy's laps. Yeah, right. And she goes to stab him. He's like, "Hey, it's just gimmick." See, <laughs> but I love that he reacts like he got stabbed. Yeah, I totally recognize Kanicki, but I didn't remember from where. I'm like, I know that actor. That oh my god, my a wife from Kanicki is like a Hallmark card. My my wife, she's like, that's the guy from Greece. I'm like, what? She's like, that's one of the that's one of the Grease Lightning guys in Greece. I'm like, huh? I looked up. I was like, sure enough, it's Kanicki from Greece. I'm like, I would not have guessed that. <laughs> I would not have put two and two together. But, but uh, you know, that that happens sometimes. My connections to Greece primarily are the book of uh, the book version of Christine. Where yes. they talk about Greece a lot. The, the ending's the best part. Yeah, I know. I know. The ending's the best part. Yeah. Um, and also the um, 
Phantom of the Paradise. Uh, you talk about Wolfman Jack. The trailer for Phantom of the Paradise yes. refers to the juicy fruits as from grease to glitter. Talking about the juicy fruits and beef, right? Not to talk too much about Phantom of the Paradise, which we've been promising to cover for years and I'm yet to cover on this show. Other than when we did the one about music and soundtracks, we talked about Phantom of the Paradise. But in any event, that's always my connection is is uh, is that because it was the you know the seventies loved the fifties, right? That's where Greece came from. Well, Brian De Palma knew what knew what the score was. But anyway, again that that's a that's yeah, a Yeah, we could do a little mini Brian De Palma run someday would probably be fun. Yeah, do Phantom of the Paradise and the Untouchables. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Untouchables is a great movie, dude. Oh my god, I've always, I haven't seen I I have not seen Untouchables in literally forever, and yet and I know every scene of that whole movie. Yeah. The movie's so good. We so I pretty. say it all the time. A man stands alone at the plate. Oh my god, yes. So the time for what? Individual achievement. <laughs> or you go, it's you know, it's uh, you know, wow, shit, was it? Um. Oh fuck! I just lost it. It was like Capone says it. He goes, "Consequence, not consequence." What does he say? Shit, I forgot. I, I do have. I have at times said, "I want him dead. I want his family dead. I want to go there, and piss on his ashes." Like it's just you know, uh, we all we all know where the liquor is. We just have to go out and get it. So anyway, anyway that, before we, before just, we talk about the Untouchables, any yeah. any final thoughts on our uh, our our ghoulish host? On Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, in her 1988 theatrical film debut. Oh, Check well, it out. I I avoided I've avoided it for years, and I regret it. Yeah. I I I was a sucker, and just remember it being poorly reviewed, and was like, okay, I'll skip it, and then my brain just went into that mode. And thank God for this show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the only last thought I'll give is, you know, we've talked about the influences that Peterson brought, you know, and all that. Um, so this movie was made in 1988. Film, film features a scene with a female in a low-cut dress being accosted and then the accoster ending up with leeches all over their face. Somewhere <laughs> in Hollywood, a young Charles Band says, Hey! <laughs> and I love Charles Band. Don't, you know, everybody knows. A young Charles band. band is 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 confusingly aroused and the rest is history. Uh, so, um, I do love the story of the reason why Leech Woman is killed in Puppet Master 2 is the distributor said, get rid of that puppet. It's disgusting. And we're getting complaints. <laughs> Okay, you know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, definitely. I mean, again, it's it's a lot of fun. You can find this movie on any service, including several free services. Get your friends together, and again, guys, girls, get 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 whatever your 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 favorite drink is. You're gonna have some fun. It's it's goofy, silly, charming fun, and that's all there is to it, right? So, and what more can you ask in any from an evening's entertainment than something a little goofy, something a little silly, something a little titillating, but ultimately fun. Ah. Uh. I was just going to say insert insert boob double entendre here as yes. closing volley, but I th I think you beat me to it with titillating. Well, you know, all I can say is uh, if you do watch, uh, you know, uh, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, I see big things in your future. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, boy.
visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two Two True True Freaks. Attention, attention, we're looking for the chick with big boobs. Yeah, we are ready to do you now.